Chapter Twenty of The Search by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Twenty. A nurse stepped up to the doctor's desk. A new girl is here, ready for duty. Is there any special place you want to put her? She asked in a low tone. The doctor looked up with a frown. One of those half-trained Americans, I suppose, he growled. Well, every little helps. I'd give a good deal for half a dozen fully trained nurses just now. Suppose you send her to relieve Miss Jennings. She can't do any harm to number 29. Isn't there any hope for him? The nurse asked, a shade of sadness in her eyes. I'm afraid not, said the doctor shortly. He won't take an interest in living. That's the trouble. He isn't dying of his wounds. Something is troubling him, but it's no use trying to find out what. He shuts up like a clam. The new nurse flushed outside the door as she heard herself discussed and shut her firm little lips in a determined way as she followed the head nurse down the long row of cots to an alcove at the end where a screen shut the patient from view. Miss Jennings, a plain girl with tired eyes, gave a few directions and she was left with her patient. She turned toward the cot and stopped with a soft gasp of recognition her face growing white and set as she took in the dear familiar outline of the young face before her every word she had heard outside the doctor's office rang distinctly in her ears he was dying he did not want to live with another gasp that was like a sob she slipped to her knees beside the cot forgetful of her duties of the ward outside or of the possible return of the nurses forgetful of everything but that he was there her hero of the years she reached for one of his hands the one that was not bandaged and she laid her soft cheek against it and held her breath to listen perhaps even now behind that quiet face the spirit had departed beyond her grasp there was no flutter of the eyelids even she could not see that he still breathed although his hand was not cold and his face when she touched it still seemed human she drew closer in an agony of fear and laid her lips against his cheek with one hand about his other cheek her lips were close to his ear now john she whispered softly john my dear knight there was a quiver of the eyelids now a faint hesitating sigh she touched her lips to his and spoke his name again a faint smile flickered over his features as if he were seeing other worlds of beauty that had no connection here but she still continued to press her face against his cheek and whisper his name at last he opened his eyes with a bewildered wondering gaze and saw her the old dear smile broke forth ruth you here is this heaven not yet she whispered softly but it's earth and the war is over i've come to help you get well and take you home it's really you and you're not missing any more then without any excuse at all she laid her lips on his forehead and kissed him she had read her permit in his eyes his well arm stole out and pressed her to him hungrily it's really you and you don't belong to anybody else he asked anxiously searching her face for his answer oh john i never did belong to anybody else but you all my life ever since i was a little girl i've thought you were wonderful didn't you know that didn't you see down at camp 
I'm sure it was written all over my face. His hand crept up and pressed her face close against his. Oh, my darling, he breathed. My darling, the most wonderful girl in the world. When the doctor and nurse pushed back the screen and entered the little alcove, the new nurse sat demurely at the foot of the cot, but a little while later the voice of the patient rang out joyously. Doctor, how soon can I get out of this? I think I've stayed here about long enough. The wondering doctor touched his patient's forehead, looked at him keenly, felt his pulse with practiced finger, and replied, I've been thinking you'd get to this spot pretty soon. Some beef tea, nurse, and make it good and strong. We've got to get this fellow on his feet pretty quick, for I can see he's about done lying in bed. Then the wounds came in for attention, and Ruth stood bravely and watched, quivering in her heart over the sight, yet never flinching in her outward calm. When the dressing of the wounds was over, the doctor stood back and surveyed his patient. Well, you're in pretty good shape now, and if you keep on, you can leave here in about a week. Thank fortune there isn't any more front to go back to. But now, if you don't mind, I'd like to know what's made this marvelous change in you. The light broke out on Cameron's face anew. He looked at the doctor smiling, and then he looked at Ruth, and reached out his hand to get hers. You see, he said, I, we, Miss MacDonald's from my hometown, and— I see, said the doctor, looking quizzically from one happy face to the other. But hasn't she always been from your hometown? Cameron twinkled with his old Irish grin. Always, he said solemnly. But, you see, she hasn't always been here. I see, said the doctor again, looking quizzically into the sweet face of the girl, and doing reverence to her pure beauty with his gaze. I congratulate you, Corporal, he said, and then turning to Ruth, he said earnestly, And you too, madam, he is a man, if ever there was one. In the quiet evening, when the wards were put to sleep, and Ruth sat beside his cot with her hand softly in his, Cameron opened his eyes from the nap he was supposed to be taking, and looked at her with his bright smile. I haven't told you the news, he said softly. I have found God. I found him out on the battlefield, and he is great. It's all true, but you have to search for him with all your heart, and not let any little old hate or anything else hinder you, or it doesn't do any good. Ruth, with her shining eyes, touched her lips softly to the back of his bandaged hand that lay near her, and whispered softly, I have found him too, dear, and I realize that he has been close beside me all the time. Only my heart was so full of myself that I never saw him before. But, oh, hasn't he been wonderful to us? And won't we have a beautiful time living for him together the rest of our lives? Then the bandaged hand went out and folded her close, and Cameron uttered his assent in words too sacred for other ears to hear. End of chapter 20 End of the Search by Grace Livingston Hill